Hello, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, holistic behavioral coach, Jeffrey Biesecker. We are all on the journey to discover the light inside, that beacon which guides us to live our truest, most authentic self. This is episode 0071. When we each embrace our personal journey throughout life, we each get to uniquely become the authors of our own story. It's a narrative that only we get to choose. Unless we surrender this role to others, the unknown is too vast to live within known unhappiness. We remind ourselves we are all important parts of a much larger system, pieces of the universe's puzzle that would not be complete without us. As we launch into this journey to find our way back to our authentic self, there comes a time to consider the possibility that within us each exists a self, a part of us that is real, unique, and essentially us. An us which can be seen as distinct from what we've incorporated as our identity based on others' projections, rejections, actions, and reactions toward us. Our guest today is life transition coach Suzanne Riley. Suzanne and I share a conversation discussing how projected patterns of belief often hold us from aligning and being our authentic self. Tune in to find out how to break the pattern and re-engage with your authentic self on this episode of the light inside. Have you ever noticed how some people always seem to be peaceful and happy? Seems like they don't get stressed and they don't burn out. You might find yourself asking, what is their secret? While we try to reduce stress, prevent burnout, manage peace, happiness, and success, they instead manage the energy body. The higher the energy, the more peaceful you are, while the lower the energy, more irritable you become. Learn to manage your energy with the Relax app and start high-energy living. When I'm struggling to find the peace and quiet necessary to go inward and connect with my light inside, I turn to the Relax app to help guide me back, bringing the peace within. It helps me to be calm, manage stress, and restore my inner universe, leading me back to emotional well-being and overall health. If you're looking to spend just 10 minutes of your day restoring the peace and happiness in your life, Start your high-energy living with Relax app by visiting www.relax.org. That's R-E-L-A-X-X dot org. Stop by and download the app today. Peace, happiness, and success are sure to follow. We're joined today by our guest, life transition coach, Suzanne Riley. Suzanne is going to share with us how we can move beyond trauma and projected patterns of belief to form a new connection with our authentic self. Hello, Suzanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I've looked forward to this for some time. We've had it on the books for a good while, so I'm excited (laughs) to jump in and talk with you. Yeah, me too. So how have things been for you? And I don't have air conditioning, but it's like quite warm in here. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. Well, 
my studio, as you see, I'm I'm in a third floor <sighs> loft, and so all of the heat tends yes. to rise. So I empathize <laughs> with you on that. You know, it tends to get a little warm, even with the AC running. It's very quiet, but it still gets very warm. So, <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, I like the heat, but it's like I don't want to be on video like sweating. Yeah. Bullet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit early on about looking at exploring the authentic self, what I would really like to lock in today. So what I'm feeling on this today, where our conversations have evolved and where our audience is going with it is looking at that journey back to our authentic self. Okay, good. I think that would be a unique angle if you can relate with that. Eventually, it's all tying back to discovering that authentic self. Right. And knowing your self-identity. But I'd like to look at it a little bit, if we can, from that angle of that journey back, starting maybe from that point of experiencing some sort of trauma or that experience of projection and pattern. Yeah. Picking up that imprinted identity. So, yeah, I, th I think that relates very, very well. And for me, you know, reconnecting to like, wait, you know, who was I before I took on like other people's stuff and beliefs and ideas, yes. whether it was traumatic or whether it wasn't traumatic, just be like, wait, is that mine? And is that something I want to carry forward? And so, you know, so often I think when we speak to the public, there is a little bit of a, an urgency to kind of generalize that and make it more familiarized. Yeah. When we shift into where our audience goes with us, they tend to look more for that process, the practice, the steps, understanding more of the source, the causation of things rather than, okay, I'm relating how I experience this. So mm -hmm. not necessarily digging through your story as much as from my perspective, I experienced this, but this is the learning nugget that I took away from it. From the outsider's perspective, where do we place our authentic self? What are some of the projected patterns that so often are experienced? I think we limit ourselves anyway in a lot of ways. And I have some theories also that are personal belief on how that story affects us. You know, so often we pick up those projections and patterns because we're trying to do someone else's story. That is the very way that all of this projection begins and forms its genesis because we're tuning into those expectations. We're tuning into those beliefs and simply adopting them. You know, we're listening to somebody else's story to try to find our truth rather than trying to find the hidden information. And it doesn't necessarily have to be hidden, but sometimes it does become buried under that story. I wasn't quite following just the very last part you said, but certainly like looking to, there are many facets to what you said in terms of like, you know, adopting other people's, certainly adopting other people's patterning early in life, because as kids, we just absorb everything. Oh, yeah. We can't help oh, it. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, so peeling back those layers and but what do I keep? What do I don't? And then later on being like, whether we adopt other people's things or we're listening to our own voice and like the difference between yes. finding inspiration in other people versus living yes. someone else's life, <laughs> which is really exactly. different. I think right there is our evolution, our stepping off point where we discover that so often there is a necessary journey back to our authentic self. Yeah. So I, I want to jump in today. Let's go ahead. Are you ready to roll? Yeah, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're in alignment Does, and we're, we're floating with yeah. it. Yeah. So 
I want to jump. Does in. my background look okay? Should I close this door? Like, oh, it's I. I love the piece back there, the the art on the wall. That's great. Thank you. Very minimalistic, but very bold. Tells a very great story to me. So great. <laughs> we're, we're in tune and we're locked and loaded. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Pressures, no pressure. So no pressure. I want to jump in. I've spent some time familiarizing with you and just being in the presence of your social media, your website, looking at some of your podcasts, looking at your website. There's a great quote you pull in there by Russell Eric. Now, let me know if I got this last name right. Dabba, Dabba, Dabba. How, how do you I'm actually that? not quite sure. That, that was a, a new one for me. How's it spelled? I, I'm actually D-O-D-B-A. <laughs> I'm actually not super familiar with who that is, but I loved the quote. I loved the yes. quote. So let's look at the quote. We'll focus on that. <laughs> Author Russell Eric Dodba, I assume. Let's <laughs> Author of Sounds a good book to me. called How to Spin the World Around. Yeah, we'll we'll look at that in a little bit. Yeah. The quote being, you are free to create your own paradigms instead of simply accepting those presented to you by others. That's a good jumping off point to me today because so often I feel, and we can see and witness where we start to pick up these patterns and paradigms, these beliefs, these accepted ways of being that aren't our own, that become something we've adopted and adapted from something outside of us, someone outside of us, or even that is without, without, you know, being the opposite of outside, I guess, <laughs> of the understanding of who we authentically are. So I want to start that today by looking at how do we uncover the real us inside, so to speak? It's a big question. And I think it's a really. Yeah, that's a heady one. <laughs> I go right for the punch. Let's go for the big. It, yeah, it's, a, it's a, just. <laughs> In three steps, how do we uncover our authentic selves, right? <laughs> um, and yeah. are we that how do we uncover? You know, are we that complicated or do we make it more complicated? That goes down a whole nother road. It does. And I, I think it depends on how much we've experienced in life. Yes. So some people have an easier path. And I think that unpeeling process it can be a bit easier. Other people may have a more complicated path. And so that may take more time, take more layers. Mm. I think inherently it can create more depth and dimension within a person, but it is sort of a bigger excavating. Yes. And I think it's so interesting what you say about adopting other people's viewpoints, because, you know, it can come from our childhood. It can come from the media. It can come from, I believe it can actually come from um, deeper within our ancestors and be carried through our DNA. And so that becomes a really interesting question of thinking, what of this is really mine? What of this is really my truth? And what of this came from others? And then there's the second layer of that of what did we gain from others that is amazing from our ancestors, from our childhood, from all our surroundings that we want to keep? And so I think it's it's a process of parsing out, like going step by step and layer by layer. And that's going to look different for everybody through an uncovering process to continue to discover our authentic selves. I think it's a discovering process. And I do believe it's, it's can be done 
in part on your own, but I think the utilization of professionals is so important, whether it's energy work or therapy or a coach or meditation or anything in that realm, because some of those patterns can be hidden Mm -hmm. and some of those can be so ingrained that we just can't see another way. First of all, we're not aware that they're ingrained and we're not aware that there's another way. (laughs) So having someone little subconscious devil yes lurks back there in the back yes and so exactly (laughs) so it can be a devil sometimes it's that angel looking out for us but uh exactly back there often totally and actually that's a really great point you bring up you know through my own experience and also witnessing just the industry of uh, everyone out there, professionals, coaches, uh, the public, everything. Sometimes those subconscious things can be portrayed as the devil, but ultimately I do believe that they're fierce protectors of us and Mm. they're meant to be honored and loved and partnered with. And that can be its own process. Who we are so often is like you mentioned, that piece of that puzzle of our experience, the path, the journey we've been through. So often we look at those projections, the rejections, the actions, reactions, how they become either what we adapt as our identity or what we choose as our identity. Yeah. Or sometimes just what we reflect as the identity of something other. From looking at that truth, you know, if that is a truth or an accepted belief, how much of you is really authentic self when we look at it from that angle and how much is identity or adapted sense of who we are how do we differentiate that mm, that's a great question and i think it's i think it's really different for everybody i think there are two pieces one i think you know certainly our formative years play a huge role in that i mean you know someone who has parents and caregivers who are very nurturing and supportive of helping a child uncover their own brilliance in a really supported and healthy way. I think they're going to have an experience of being much more authentic right out of the gate. Um, And it, it may be an easier path to be able to connect to that. And then also, you know, regardless of someone's formative years, the amount of personal development that someone has done Like, you know, as we were talking about, to be able to peel back those layers and consider like, is this mine? Is this someone else's? And just even if someone did have a really healthy upbringing, you can still adopt things that aren't necessarily yours. And so just having that that experience of considering what's been in your, you know, early developmental pot, so to speak, and, 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 uh, and just sort of like looking at it and turning it over and be like, oh, what's this? I think the people who have done more of that will be sort of tend to naturally be more of their authentic selves. And then in addition, I think it's something that it's just a constant discovery. I don't think there's a way to ever really know what percentage is, is say mine versus something I picked up along the way, but. As individuals, are we ever definitive in who we are? You know, we're constantly evolving, adapting, becoming. Right. And based on what we experience, based on some of the choices we make, based on what we value, that is constantly changing. To me, that's the beauty of Yeah. We're ever evolving people. Yeah. And that's the thing. So it's like, even if we create an identity that 
say it's like completely 100% authentic, I believe that we're in a, in a constant state of evolution. And so it's like, that may be completely different tomorrow. Maybe it's still authentic, but to what you're saying, like we're always evolving and changing. So we might be a completely ourselves and also in relation to other people. And it's wild. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> to me, that's one of the things. It's disorienting sometimes, yeah. oh, and it's yeah. wild, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know, sometimes maybe it's meant to be a bit disorienting because that does kind of drag us forward. That does give us some sense of urgency, some sense of awareness yeah. that we yeah, I, yeah. maybe aren't meant to be where we are all the time. You know, we're in the present and changing. Me, that also can can be some of that confusion we can often experience about what the authentic self is. And even more so, how do we know from this perspective when someone else is being their authentic self? That Mm. to me is one of the kickers. How do we know or do we ever truly know when someone is being their authentic self or do we have to exhibit some element of trust in that? Mm. That's a great question. And I I think it's sort of a, you know, it's certainly if we're certainly unsure if we are being 100% completely authentic, certainly it's going to (laughs) be difficult to know if someone else is being completely authentic. And I think for me, that's something I trust my intuition on largely. I mean, you know, certainly we can see if another person is constantly Mm. going with the whims of the external and it's not good or bad, but, you know, we can certainly notice if somebody has more of an external focus. And then I think additionally that beyond that, that's something I would probably defer to my intuition on just sort of like, how does this person resonate with me? Yeah. How much of them being their authentic self is important to me? It sort of gets to be that. That's a really fascinating question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we start to slide down that slippery slope of judgment and projection. You know, we're projecting our pattern of belief about someone onto them. Our own bias, our own mental silos sometimes, our own spiritual and heart-based silos sometimes. I think that intuition is one of the potentially most underexplored areas we experience as human beings for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to project my own belief on those reasons, but is that an area we may be underserving? Yeah. And that's something I ask myself. I'm just sort of curious about on an ongoing basis, um, that idea of projection, you know, in terms of what is mine and what is someone else's. And that can, that can be really interesting to parse out because there's that element. It's like, there are two conflicting beliefs that can exist at the same time. Right. And so it's like, one is that, you know, other people's stuff is just other people's stuff and they are the way that they're going to be all dimensions of them. And then there's the element of like, of projection where I can be projecting my own beliefs and my own things subconsciously or unconsciously onto someone else. And how do I know when each thing is happening? And I think that's something that I believe the, you know, the more that a person grows and evolves, the easier it is to be able to like parse out which is which, but it's still a little tricky. And then the other aspect of it is just like trusting, you know, our intuition and deeper knowing of which that is. And so I think that's something that's so valuable to be constantly cultivating 
so that we have our own compass, like we have our own guide, we have our own sense of purpose and direction and knowing in our own life. And we can always accept influence from other people, but we have that inner world and that inner trust to be able to draw on. Hmm, That's one to sit with that inner world and that inner trust. So often that very notion of trust is simply extending that faith and belief that someone else is being true to themselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's also, um, it makes me think of, uh, the concept too, of how sometimes when we speak to, it's a little different than I think what, what you're saying, but it makes me think of, um, when we speak to the most brilliant part of another person, we will tend to see more of that. And when we trust in another person and really allow their brightest selves to shine, we will generally see that. And so we can also sort of sometimes help draw people's authenticity out by creating a safe space Mm -hmm. and sort of offering them a container of trust. And I think that's a really cool practice. Yeah. 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 That's an amazing thing to me because so often we don't truly experience parts of ourselves until we're placed into a certain situation or circumstance. A certain experience pulls out parts of us very often we didn't even realize exist. That's so very true. And yeah, different, different people were around, like you said, can really bring out different things and, and things that may have been hidden and you go, Oh, I I didn't know. I didn't know that was there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One of those great things we often hear is I didn't know he or she or they covering all of our pronouns to be honoring of all people. We're capable of that. Right. Sometimes that simply is a reflection back on ourselves. Not that we have to validate and prove to anyone, but sometimes we didn't realize we were capable of it either until we step into that role and say, wow, where'd that come from? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that goes back so much to saying how the interesting thing of like, how do we know if we're being authentic? And then how do we know if someone else is being authentic? And then how does that play in the mix when two people in any capacity interact with each other, whether it's like, you know, someone you're hiring or like the person at the, you know, the (laughs) attendant at the gas station, or it doesn't matter who it is. But then, you know, when we connect with another person in any way, those layers and that authenticity can, uh, can uh, like mix and sort of come about in like ways we didn't expect. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's a point I like to look at anytime we meet another anytime we form a new bond a new relationship there has to be some element of grace and charity involved in that yeah because yeah point being made it's a completely new experience acting purely on reflection intuition judgment evaluation expectation we do not create that sacred heart space that sacred mind space that sacred allness of being where we just simply say, this is a new experience and we allow that person to be present. And so if we go about our lives with that type of presence, well, first of all, everything you just mentioned can sometimes happen in a two or three second space, um, which is, which is wild. Um, (laughs) That wonderful space between, I just posted a podcast episode about honoring that space in some manner. So often we talk about 
that space, but it's a blind eye space. You know, we don't truly open up to that energy to just be present with it. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, and if we carry that through our lives, it can be, it can be such an interesting mindful practice of how we are when we meet another person. And, you know, I don't believe that, you know, we need to make like an enormous deal out of it and, and, you know, like sort of like (laughs) hold this space and then create the person and have this whole like awkward ritual, but just having that moment of awareness to just be aware of the person in front of us and to exhibit kindness or grace or authenticity, I should say kindness or grace in an authentic way or being ourselves in an authentic way and just being aware of that like momentary human connection, I think can be really cool. Yeah. To me, that speaks to that very notion of the statement namaste. Mm, Yeah. Sometimes all we have to do is just open that window to allow that space for the light of another to shine. You know, I'm falling back into cliches about the light inside, but (laughs) to me, that's, that's why it makes sense because we just have to allow that place for the light to be present, the light of someone else, the light of our combined lightness, you know, combined darkness also becomes part of the package to meet. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful the way you say it, that we just, uh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I get a gold star today. Wow. As the host host of the light inside podcast, you articulated that very well. Uh, (laughs) That was a gold. That was my gold star moment of the week. I feel proud of that. <laughs> that was great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad and this honored. is recording. I'm yeah, glad. Proud, honored, and grateful. There yeah. we go. Maybe the opposite way around. Grateful, honored, and proud. Right, let's let's flip that because that seems a more aligned and, and yeah. resonating <laughs> level of energy to me. <laughs> hey, we'll take all of it. We'll take all of it. <laughs> we're I know. I know. I, I think what's so great about what you said is about, it's just like, a, it's just an energetic opening yeah. to just like, even just like, just momentarily acknowledge the person in front of us. And I think even just a moment of connection yeah. can be so great. And I just... I really want to stress in what I'm saying. It's not like we have this, you know, big, like energetic (laughs) offering because that, uh, you know, I think that can be awkward, but (laughs) just a little bit of opening for just a moment of connection to be like, Mm. Hey, like have a good one. And it's just, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think so often we load that double-barreled gun make it very dramatic because I want to be dramatic today (laughs) (laughs) so often we load that double-barrel gun with expectation and that gets in the way right we load it with you know again those judgments and projections right get that crap out of the way (laughs) it doesn't always have to be exactly the big shebang to have an effect It doesn't have to be a big shebang. And, you know, it's like maybe, you know, the person making the greeting, like, you know, say I'm out, maybe I'm having a bad day. Like, you know, my connection is really not going to be as rich. And, you know, and (laughs) and so it's like I honor my humanness in that and or my not wanting to talk or my not wanting to whatever. And same thing, you know, if I connect with a gas station attendant and they're like energetically (laughs) like expletive, whatever, it's like, okay, because we know, you know, (laughs) so much like. It's, it's, it's not like we have to mm. we're humans like we're humans and we can just accept people's dimensionality like you said the light and the dark and everything in between and it's all good you know and um 
And at the same time, you know, when we can just like say hey to somebody or make a friendly eye contact or just sort of whatever, it's cool. Just the, you know, human interactions are just so fascinating. Infinitely. I want to thank you for bringing that awareness to me today. I feel this energy swelling in me that sometimes that journey back to our authentic self is just embracing that mystery of our being of all being. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to be honest, like some, I mean, sometimes it drives me nuts because I would totally love to know all the secrets of the universe and, and to be able to like, (laughs) are they really? Yeah. Like, do we make that point? Out of some inner notion, you know, does that become stepping into that shadow of the ego to think that everything's a secret? And how often do we disempower others by holding that notion of a secret above them? Mm. It may not be our conscious intention, but does it become a subconscious intention? Sometimes it is that apparent that it is the intention of another to hold that a secret from you. It could be. That's a ripple. That's a ripple. We won't go down today. Yeah. We won't go that deep into the uh, the philosophical metaphysics. We, That's a left turn. We won't go, go into go right. a, a <laughs> quantum time and space. <laughs> so, I'm so having fun with this because yeah, I feel like too. we're just in the moment and being present with each other, just allowing that self to shine. Yeah. I've chucked every notion I've had out the window about this conversation. <laughs> I'm so glad your judgments about meeting with me have dissolved. (laughs) I have to be honest. We have that notion that it does become some form of judgment, validation or verification. We have to honor that in ourselves if we are being true to our authentic selves, because we do adapt and adopt that pattern so often. Hmm. Can you say that again? I think your last point. <laughs> All right. Now my authentic self is saying, wait, you know, I was on the stream of consciousness of that. Yeah. Are you down the path of, uh, of metaphysics again? <laughs> I am constantly. Yeah, that's... yeah, constantly. Well, and I think bringing it back to, I think bringing it back to before we, uh, before we made that left turn, you were saying about there's a certain mystery that, we accept there's a there's a big mystery of life yeah, that yeah. can be valuable to accept and embrace and let yeah. be mm. and i think that's certainly a practice that brought me back thank you you're you know, welcome just to simplify out of the quantum realm there yeah. so often we just are aligned with that pattern of being that pattern of the judgment does sometimes become instinctual sometimes does become just the accepted way of being that pattern of wanting to know and understand exists there in that space. Mm-hmm. And you speaking about judgment, sometimes I see coaches or other professionals just saying like, oh, I'm not judging or, you know, trying to get judgment to like zero <laughs> um, and trying to be like, you know, I'm a professional, so I don't judge. And I'm a professional coach through IPEC and the IPEC coaching and yeah. their founder, yeah. Bruce, he said once he was like, you know, I just want to lend some insight that don't drive yourselves nuts trying to like get down to zero judgment. Like, sure, the amount that you judge is an indication of your level of consciousness, but any level of consciousness, lower or higher, is not good or bad. And as humans, we judge things to be able to put things into containers. Like, we have to make some structure of our world. Um, (laughs) Like, And so it's just like a human thing to do. So, like, don't beat yourself up about it. And I just... Yeah, it goes down to quantum 
chaos theory. And that's, you know, again, right. where are we creating our own mess? We'll simplify it for the sake of simplifying. Where are we making our own mess? Right. And we, we have to create some kind of like structure and order of, yeah. or as humans, we just do, you know, to create some sort of structure and order and organization, because if we took information in differently, like our brains would be so overloaded. So <laughs> we, we have to categorize things somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hurt the damn cat, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as we look at that, we've strayed down our own path with cats going to foul me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're a little bit out of a line. How do we reel that back in now to say, what are some of the patterns, beliefs, and experiences that can take us out of our authentic self? Hmm. And that's a broad one. Well, I think just about everything in our environment can take us out of our authentic (laughs) self because we have, like we said, we have, you know, the media, we have family, we have, Mm. you know, lots of people have a, a whole work structure. We have all this stuff around us that is not really us. Cause we're us. So I think the practice is constantly, or regularly reconnecting with ourselves and giving even just a moment of space Mm. for ourselves to speak, whether that's in a therapeutic space, whether that's with a journal or whether that's with a check-in or whether that's however we do that, but really allowing and encouraging and inviting our own selves to continue to speak and express so that we become more and more and more acquainted with our inner world and we can discern. And then I believe it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Then it's a lot easier to discern, say what's mine or what's someone else's and which do I choose to go with in this moment? It gives me like a lot of awareness and choice in that way. So let's look at specifically those more out of alignment <laughs> type occurrences. I'm trying trying not to load my own gun today. Yeah. <laughs> but let's look at the notion of patterned behavior and trauma. Two different things yeah. that so often from my experience yeah. in coaching, from observing others around me, just in communicating to others when they will reach out and say, hey, I'm experiencing this in my life. Mm -hmm. A light has to go on for me sometimes and say, okay, what is the pattern or the process that creates this? And especially when it's something you can witness in somebody that is recurrent. Yeah, I think it's so important to acknowledge that Mm. someone who's experienced trauma, it's really amazing. Like our, our bodies, our systems are just so brilliant and from my knowledge of trauma, when someone experiences trauma, our body creates adaptations to be able to survive that trauma, whether it's one time or over the course of time. And so sometimes people have adaptive behaviors that take them outside of themselves or are causing or conflict or can seem sort of maladaptive. And I think it can be so beautiful to also remember that those strategies and those patterns came about at a time where they really needed those strategies and they were incredibly important and they were incredibly powerful to keep that person safe. And so 
I think that acknowledgement in and of itself is just very, very loving and very honoring, especially of those protective parts we were talking about before. When someone is a bit beyond that trauma or they have the ability to heal from that trauma, they can start to look at those patterns and start to heal from those things and remind their system that that trauma is no longer happening. Certainly, I believe this is best done in the realm of a trauma therapist um, with like EMDR, gestalt therapy, that type of thing. But it can be very healing then to come out of those patterns and to then reorient and readapt the system to new and current and safer circumstances. So then that person is better adaptive to that new safer environment. Do you feel in that circumstances, you know, we're developing yeah. a sort of shell identity, almost an armor yeah. to shield us from the projections and maybe protect us from yeah. unprocessed emotions or how we feel about a relationship? Yeah. You know, sometimes that relationship is to ourselves and also to others. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people will just be like, oh, stop living in the past or, oh, just do something different or just choose different. And for many people who've experienced trauma, that's really impossible. But the stuff that is underneath is just too sensitive and really needs to be cared for in that specific therapeutic space and just looked at and cared for one layer at a time and sort of brought about Mm -hmm. as their system is ready and can feel safe. I believe that is just a really important distinction because those protections for many people are there for a reason and need to be there until they have really kind and compassionate and very in a well-trained therapeutic space, you know, intervention to be able to unfold. You know, sometimes I feel that becomes that defense mechanism and that is a dual role. You know, sometimes the issuer and the receiver play upon that identity. Sometimes that notion of flipping around happens in you start to adapt that identity along with somebody else in some sense is becoming the enabler. Mm. I'm not going to load that from who and what and which perspective and placing blame, but that does become a dual role. We have to dissect. Yeah. And if I hear you correctly, it's that, you know, those patterns and those defenses can play out with other people we come into interaction with, whether on any level, whether it's, you know, the gas station attendant or someone you know, a friend of a friend, or certainly if it's in a romantic partnership, then like everything comes Mm -hmm. like straight to the surface. Um, That's like, just like the biggest magnifier on the planet. Um, And so, so often that, that little spark of love brings up so much. (laughs) Just like no other, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) And so all those patterns start to be, Mm reenacted with other people or other people start to look like our past. And that's another aspect of that therapeutic process of Mm. parsing that out because those defenses can then sort of play out with everybody we interact with. And it's okay. It makes sense. It's again, a protection that is there for a reason and we're all human and very few of us are enlightened and we're all on our journey. So it's really okay. It can be a practice to, again, in uncovering our authentic selves to be able to work on that in a therapeutic space and be like, okay, which of this is like a shadow of the past, which of this is mine, which of this do I want to heal? Which of this do I want to keep? And just sort of like, just parsing out all of those pieces. 
can be so valuable because then we can start to walk around with just less weight. I think whether someone has experienced like trauma or not, life can be wacky. Life can be hard. And I think uh, we all just collect stuff as humans. And so to be able to parse that out and lighten the load and figure out what's what and sort of like gently and compassionately let some things go can be just so, so valuable. I think that's such a crucial point we stand on today is so often we project that process of displacing our feelings onto a different person. You know, so often we project that role onto somebody. They are, for lack of a better word, the scapegoat (laughs) (laughs) in that situation. And they're simply shouldering that reflection of your past. And, you know, someone can be, a person can encounter the most wonderful person in the world, but they may be mm-hmm. very angry and very defensive and very, yeah. very rough with that person because it, it looks like there's someone else, you know, to their subconscious, it can look like there's someone else. Certainly for many people with trauma is someone who is kind and compassionate and, yeah. and loving is the scariest thing in the world because it's, it doesn't look like anything they're used to. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a really interesting relearning too. But yeah, it's, you know, whatever we've sort of experienced, whatever we believe the world to be, we, we certainly, we come to see that in a lot of places, whether it's quote unquote true or not, like, you know, what is true really takes us on a metaphysical hard left, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's ultimately yeah. the big truth to all truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, so true. Before we go down that diversion, <laughs> looking at that notion of I'm endlessly fascinated by that notion of comfort when someone becomes comfortable, if that's the the lack of proper way to frame it, but when they become accepting of that pattern, when they repetitively step back into that zone of Mm. that conflict, you know, when they go from one relationship in their life to another, and it's so familiar that that is exactly the energy they bring in, exactly the energy they attract, the exact pattern that they endlessly go through again and again and again. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point because it's like, it really is possible to, uh, to go down a rabbit hole with like this type of curiosity and with healing and with, with everything. And there's the balance of, you know, it's like, when do you just sort of like kick off and go to the beach and like throw a Frisbee and like, let it all go, you know? (laughs) And, um, And I think one of the things you bring up, it's like, if someone is going through life and say they want a healthy relationship, but they keep attracting something different. That's a really rich space to be like, wow, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this. Like this is getting in my way. Or, you know, if someone is just like excessively triggered and, and shut down a lot throughout their daily life, you know, that's something that's like really going to impact their daily life. And so it's like when someone really hits those roadblocks where, triggers are really affecting them or they're just having a really hard time bringing about the things that they would like, that can be a good indicator to sort of like dive deep and sift through things. And certainly joy is an important part of the process (laughs) always to sort of like to fold in, but um, that can be sort of an indicator or like a good time or a good reason to dive deeper and be curious. So often that belief, that experience gets pushed back there in that subconscious again. That energy is constantly looking for, you know, release from its prison, so to speak, in the unconscious. 
and it's looking to be like seen and heard and um and uh like tended to so i you know it, it's sort of my belief that it will keep trying to come up and keep trying to be heard and keep trying to be like you know <laughs> raising its hand and ringing the alarm bells and um until it's like tended to so <laughs> when an individual's in that state and they're projecting their stuff onto others onto you know their experience yeah. with a new relationship or within any of their relationships they tend to act as if that projection has something to do with that individual and it did you have more to say to that great yeah and i think that's how the subconscious can be tricky and that's why i think it's important so i work as a coach but i think sometimes if if people have deeper subconscious triggers to work through, it can be really helpful to work with a therapist who, you know, and there, there's a distinction of which therapy can be better for different people. And certainly I can always help talk people through that, but for those deeper triggers, it can be really helpful to work with a therapist who is trained on working with the subconscious, because that is the stuff that is so hidden and so hard to see that you really like a person in that space really thinks that other person is acting that way and maybe they are and maybe they aren't and it really helps to have that professional support and clarity and training alongside you to be able to see like like what is what because that those subconscious triggers can be very difficult to discern from within your own self and I, and I say that, you know, as, as like a trained coaching professional and, yes. and someone who's been on this process that even though I have training and I have awareness, I still need other people to help me see my subconscious and unconscious and help me find my way through the difference. Because, you know, it, it's, it's not that someone is like lacking that they can't see it. It's because it's because it's specifically under the surface and you like, you need someone to help you see it. <laughs> Life was meant to be a joint venture. right? You know? We have to coexist because yeah. that's the way we were constructed to fit together. Those pieces of the puzzle, the, the various parts of the mosaic, the fabric of our being, is just that it's yeah. one large canvas coming together and it's kind of it's like uh it's a chaotic mess sometimes <laughs> and it's and it's beautiful too and the yeah. whole thing is like a, a a big work of art and um i love that yes, we're going esoteric it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> You can uh, you can bring me back from the rabbit hole if you like, but I I will also pretty effortlessly uh, go to the esoteric. <laughs> so when I got I got to bring myself back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so often we're driven to feel like we have to validate changes in our life. We have to prove to others that we've. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still struggling back. I'm gonna we can like take a moment and authentically, authentically. It's hot in here. I'll wipe my brow and <laughs> we can take a couple deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just jump right to it. Is there any merit in feeling like we have to prove anything to somebody as if discovering our true self needs substantiated? 
if we change from a state that's not serving us, do we feel like we have to fully find the validation in somebody else to achieve that? Mm-hmm. I think that comes back to how much of how much of our internal world has been developed. I think the more that we have developed our internal knowing and our internal trust, instead of needing the validation from others, we will be able, we will, it'll be easier to just like take those steps forward and everybody's opinions um, won't really matter. (laughs) Um, And and like there are those people who can just like change into something else and they just, they just walk down the road and just do not care. Um, yeah. And yeah. those are people I just aspire that I just, I'm taking, I'm taking <laughs> notes on how to be more like every day because it, it looks wonderful. And um, yeah. So I think, I think that's something that is easier to do yeah. the more we develop our own internal knowing and our own internal trust. <laughs> I'll yeah. That a notch further with my own intentions. So often that statement gets floated out. They'll never change. Mm. They can't be any different. I feel so often the goal then becomes the proving. I will show them Uh, rather than finding that sense of self-agency, aligning with that sense of I am present with my own story. It then becomes that lopsided duality of now the goal is in the validation. The goal is in the proving. The goal is into verifying who and what you now are. Yeah, it's a really different energy. And sometimes people are very strongly motivated to prove somebody wrong or like I'll show them. And again, we're all human and, you know, we're all just, you know, we're all human. Um, And sort of like wanting to show up somebody else is still needing that external validation even if we never tell it other person or whatever, it's just, it's that energy of like, I'm doing this for an external purpose. Yeah. To me at some point, when this is me embracing that everyone else be damn judgment of me attitude, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it simply has to be, it is what it is in order for you to be what you are. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it has to Maybe. simply be you embracing that notion that, it is what it is in order for you to be who you are. Sure, that that other people are going to be the way that they are and other circumstances are going to be the way that they are. Yeah. And a given person yeah. is going to change or be who they are anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that notion can extend so far into life without becoming that devil be damned, I don't care attitude. Yeah. There's there's that fine line, but just simply embracing that confident self-worth that yeah, I am who I am, except me for for me. Yeah. And I think with this, it's I, I feel it's really important to say that there is a lot of content and a lot of idea that, you know, we have to evolve to always be happy, to always be kind, to always be acting from an intrinsic place. And, you know, I just, I believe so thoroughly that all emotions and all different types of energy are really valid and anger is so valid. And, you know, if there are things that we hate, that's so valid. And, And I think it's really important to express those things. And so Mm -hmm. if there is somewhere along the journey where someone is just like, I'm going to stick it to that person, I'm going to do whatever. And that fuels them through 
to create something they want to create or, you know, do whatever they want to do, whatever. I mean, it's so human. And I, I think it's so important to embrace and express those darker sides. I think that's a part of authenticity. And certainly we choose where and how we do it. And it's not that we scream at other people uncontrollably or that we like act out at, at work or whatever. Um, we, we, we channel it, yeah, yeah, we channel it to appropriate places, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I just, I, I feel it's important to insert that. I really believe that all of that is very valid. And it's just that the more that we can be in our own centered space and driven by our own knowing and our own um, sense of self, yeah. yeah, we just become stronger. I, in our a big own, one. I don't know how else to say it in our own self and not so knocked off by what another person has to say. Yeah. So we just become so much more empowered in that way, but all emotions and experiences along the way are great. <laughs> yeah. That, mantra that's become almost dogma on our program when you experience an emotion think it feel it process it release it yeah we think it sometimes we feel it before we think it you know and i think maybe we we might often have the horse before the cart there and we feel it and then we think about it yeah however you order that process find that productive path that you don't get just stuck in it's here i'm responding it's here. I'm automatically doing this, developing that habit or that ritual routine that mm-hmm. for some reason I experienced this as anger. This was a big one for me dealing with my own traumas in life. You experience something, you decide, and it's a you decide to respond in anger automatically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to step back and say, for whatever reason, I feel that anger, but yeah. And it's what we place on the other side of that. Not even a but, but and because but to me, you know, can kind of sound like the cop out that does make you the butt of the joke. I am feeling this and Mm -hmm. sometimes taking the space to ponder that and simply allows you to say, okay, I'm forming a new and Mm -hmm. in this space. This pissed me off and it doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it's a little more complex. This pisses me off and I'm going to think about it a while. This pisses me off. I'm going to feel it a while. Mm -hmm. This pisses me off. What can I be grateful for of it? And what can I be grateful for of it? That's the biggest gap we can cross. The biggest divide we can often face if we allow ourselves to fall down into that space. Yeah. And I think uh, you talk about falling down into the space and that, you know, there's the difference between like an emotion swallowing us and us becoming it or us being able to observe it. I believe that is sort of a lifelong practice in and of itself. Yeah. Sometimes we're throwing ourselves in that hole. You know, we chuck ourselves like a two-year-old on the floor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. We're Her straight, we we're are straight in. down in. Yeah. We're straight down in the ravine. We're straight in the ravine. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to climb out of this ravine? And yeah, like you're saying, you know, you offer so many different ways of like, when we do recognize it, when we are able to recognize it, how do we want to work with it? And sometimes we, we can shift into, well, I'd, you know, this and, or this, and I choose something different. Sometimes it's, you know, I believe it's a, it can also be like a, a part of ourselves that is very deeply stuck in trauma time and needs 
therapeutic help to be able to uh, heal and reorient and really um, and heal that aspect. And, and, and there can also be elements of, you know, sometimes people have been in spaces where they couldn't express anger. It wasn't safe to express anger. And so years later, it can be very valuable for, for a number of people to be able to safely and in an appropriate space and setting, be able to really discharge that and work either work, you know, sometimes it needs to work up to be able to discharge that, but sort of any which way it's either like discharging a stuck thing or retooling a pattern or reorienting something. But once we have awareness, there are so many different things that we can do with it. (laughs) And that's wonderful because our systems are so adaptive and we can heal from those things. I think that's so important to remember that, you know, many of us Again, even just because life is kind of wacky, you know, it's like, even if it's just the day to day, like we go through like a lot of stuff. And I think it's just so great to remember that we can heal from it. We can adapt to an, um, an easier way of being over time. To me, that sense of awareness, that sense of presence, taking the practice of mindfulness becomes the lifeline that does create that simple self-awareness that becomes the simple self image that becomes the journey back to the authentic self. I think so too. I think it's such an integral piece of everything we're talking about and that just regular, you know, conscious or unconscious, like checking in with ourselves, you know, (laughs) is my intuition giving me a message to go a certain direction is my intuition telling me to, you know, get the hell off the street is my, and I don't necessarily know why, but I'm just going to get off the street. Um, and, and maybe I'll find out, maybe I won't, but, um, and, you know, being able to check in, does this resonate with me? Does this feel right with me? Do I want to be friends with this person? Do I, you know, whatever. I, I think it can be really that thread that weaves through so much of this conversation of, like you said, coming back to our authentic selves. And that brings us around full circle. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if it was going to happen from my perspective, uh, because I kept going off that path. But where can our listeners go to reach out to you, Suzanne, and authentically connect with you to learn more about this journey back to finding their authentic self? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a professional coach with a strong spiritual sense, as if you had any question of that. And I have a website at SuzanneRiley.com. People there can, um, I have an email series on recovering from burnout. And one of my favorite things about it is that we, across these past year or two, like so many of us are kind of like more burned out than we can even imagine. Um, even if we've been really on top of our self-care and what I love about the series that I put together is that it's really focused on you finding your own way out of burnout. I mean, it shares scientifically based tips, but ultimately it's connecting to your own knowing and your own self-care so that you can refill your own cup and 
come out the other side. So people can sign up for that. And then on my website, uh, people can also work with me one-on-one. So often we lose touch with that authentic self, that true knowing of what we value, what we believe, what brings us significant meaning and what ultimately brings us value and fulfillment, leading us to that state where we feel like we're burnt out. We're overstressed. Reach out to Suzanne if you're in that place. I want to thank you. This has been a truly fun experience. I I love sometimes when I can just let down my guard and follow it where it goes. It gets a little crazy sometimes, but that's the beauty of it. Thank you for that. Namaste. Yes. Likewise. This has been so fun. Yeah. And it's been really just a joy having this, uh, this really organic and potentially insightful conversation with you. (laughs) It's it's been really fun just like seeing where it leads, you know? I'm glad we could just share this space to honor each other and invite anyone in that may connect with it. Take that energy where you can. May others take that energy where they can. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Russell Eric Dodba, author of How to Spin the World Around, leaves us with this soul-affirming reminder. You are free to create your own paradigms instead of simply accepting those presented to you by others. When we move into awareness of our authentic self, we surrender our subjective judgments and perceptions to realize there's a certain mystery to life. And then we open to that sense of mystery and wonder, accepting ourselves and others for who we each uniquely are. We allow ourselves to free our limiting beliefs freeing ourselves to be who we might become. We leave you this reminder. Regularly take the time to reconnect with your true self, taking these moments to allow your inner self to speak. Suzanne and I have shared a great deal about releasing our judgments to embrace the authenticity in ourselves and others. Now we want to hear what you found meaningful in today's episode. Drop us a note. Share us with a friend by tagging us at social media at The Light Inside Podcast or leave us a review telling us what you found meaningful in today's show. We are grateful to be able to continue helping you, our valued listening community, discover your light inside. Remember to continue to support the growth of our program by sharing feedback or leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite show. Sharing with others why you enjoy our program here at The Light Inside. Our guest next week, author Mark Ensign, teaches us how being a dick can change the world in the most unexpected ways. As the author of the recently released book, Be a Dick, he shares how a chance encounter with a new neighbor unexpectedly changed his life for the better. Tune in next week to find out how on The Light Inside.